All right, so today what we're going to do is start a new series, The Faith of Christ. And hopefully, uh, as you look at the, the title there, we have The Faith of Christ. All right, and, and so I capitalized both the O and the F there for of because that's, that's a key thing, right? I mean, you go get a modern version of the Bible and it doesn't say that in the verses that we're going to look at. All right, we're going to take a look at some of the verses here in just a minute. Um, but let's start off here in Romans chapter 3. We'll start off in verse 21. All right, so Romans chapter 3, verse 21. Uh, in the second, sec second session, uh, we're going to continue on the Struggle, Strife, and Life series, which by the way, I've enjoyed that one as well. Just preparing for all that stuff and getting all that stuff uh, and going through it. It's just, it's, uh, it's really interesting. But this, this series, The Faith of Christ, um, I don't know how long it's going to last, but we'll, we'll see, see what we can do, all right? I don't like them when they say don't last really long. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 21. But now... The righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith, notice that next word, of Jesus Christ unto all, and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to study your word. And as we take a look at this, this topic, this doctrine about the faith of Jesus Christ and the importance of it, uh, may we be mindful of, of the real issue that's going on, that, uh, that we can come to a greater knowledge and understanding of it and allow your word to be the final authority in all things, uh, that we might be to the praise and honor and glory of your grace, and it's in Christ's name that we pray, amen. So, one of the first things that we talk about here is this... The issue of, it's the faith of Christ, right? And like I said, this isn't really a, a, a jab at new versions of the Bible that change it to faith in, in Jesus Christ, um, even though we could, right? Because we've already dealt with that. We, we, we did a couple messages on the ESV versus the King, uh, the King James Bible, right? We did that for the TV program. That's out there. People can watch that. So... Uh, we talked about the doctrine of uh, revelation, doctrine of inspiration, the doctrine of preservation, and the doctrine of illumination. We talked about all those things, so we've dealt with that. This is something different, all right? And what we're going to talk about is not so much, hey, the, other, the newer versions are wrong. Uh, we know that, right? We've established that. This is, more, this is going to be more along the lines of there is something here that we need to pay attention to that a lot of people don't like. What we, what we teach about this doctrine of the faith of, of Jesus Christ, there are people that don't like what we teach about it. And it's because they misunderstand it. And that's really the purpose. That's really the purpose behind this because this is one of those that's it's really fascinating once you get into it and understand what's going on. First of all, let's take a look at this. Faith in Christ. Okay? And we're going to look at a couple verses where this is where this is going to happen. 
Is there a difference between the faith of Christ and faith in Christ? Yes. Yes. This one up here is talking about what? His faith. His faith. This down here is what? My faith. Our faith, right? Now, one of the things that we should know and understand right off the bat is, what do we know about his faith? It's perfect. It's perfect. Does it change? No. Based on how he feels one day, does he wake up and think, man, I just don't believe this verse anymore? No. Are there days when you wake up or even at the end of the day when you've gone through and, and you've had to deal with certain people at work and you, you know, on your way to work, well, if you do get to go to work on your way to work, you get ran off the road or whatever it is, and you get home, you're just thinking, man, there is no way in the world that I'm still righteous. That's your faith, right? When we talk about things like having peace with God, and we talked about this last week with the with the struggle, strife, and life thing, the question that we, we posed last week was what? Is grace enough? All right? It's easy to say, yeah, it's enough, but do you actually believe that it's enough? Right? Do you actually believe each and every day that His grace is enough to get you through life? And so that's the issue, right? Your faith is going to waver based on circumstances, especially if we don't do that, give attendance to what? Reading, exhortation, and doctrine. If we give attendance to emotions, what happens with our emotions? Our emotions are up and down, up and down, up and down, right? When we're down, is it hard to say, yeah, I have peace with God? It's tough. That's life, right? So then when we look at this, there's a difference between those two, those two things, those two issues right off the bat. So Romans chapter 3, verse 22 is one of those places where we find the faith of Christ. In fact, he says there the faith of Jesus Christ, right? Now, let's go real quick to Galatians chapter 2. The one thing that I want to make sure that we say right off the bat is this, this message... This series, I should put it this way, this series does not deny any part of the deity of Jesus Christ, right? Let's set that, let's set that right off the bat, right at the very beginning. There is absolutely nothing in this doctrine that denies the deity of Jesus Christ. And that's one of the problems that some people have is they say, well, if you say that Jesus Christ had to have faith about something, then you're denying his deity. no. That's not what's happening. All right, and we'll see this as we go through. Galatians chapter 2, <clears throat> notice in verse 16. Uh, I, would, I would even venture to say that it actually magnifies his deity. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but what? but by the faith of Jesus Christ. So you can underline that, put a couple underlines underneath the word of there. Continue on. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ. What's that? That right there is our faith, right? Okay, continue on. He says, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by what? The faith of 
Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So what do we see there? In verse 16, we see Christ's faith, our faith in him, and then he says, and he says that we might be what? Justified by the faith of Christ. So in that verse right there, you get his faith twice and our faith, our faith once. All right. Um, drop down to verse 20. Verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, notice, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Well, who's the Son of God? Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. So what's he saying there? The life that I now live, I live by the what? The faith of Jesus Christ. Is that, is that important to know? Is it important to know that it's his faith that's stable, that doesn't move, that do, that's not tossed to and fro? His faith is the thing that we're supposed to live by. Now, I read that verse one day and somebody said, hey, does that mean that we live by the faith of Christ? I said, uh, that's what it says, right? And what do we do? By faith, we actually believe that verse, right? You okay? What? I just read the NIV version. Oh, yeah. It's awful. Yeah, the NIV version's a mess, right? This piece of chunk. Yeah. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. That's not... It's, no. So, here's the thing. In those, those, the new translations, they'll do that, right? And so what they do there is they'll say that I'm going to live by my faith, right? How's your faith working right now? How's your faith going? But here's the problem, and, and this is the thing that a lot of people have trouble with. Let, let's, let's get this all, uh, out of the way too. Faith. What is faith? Taking God at His word. Taking God at His word. All right? I was watching a TV program of a local guy here in town this past week. Uh, and I probably shouldn't have, but I did. And he was like, well, if you just have faith and you just believe enough. And I'm like, come on, man. You don't even know what faith is. If you're going to tell people that, you don't even know what faith is. Faith is not, you know, faith is not something that you can't get to. Yeah. Right? That if you just don't believe hard enough, how... How do you know that you've believed hard enough? Well, when something happens, all right? What if it doesn't happen? Well, then you're not believed enough. You know, here's the thing. When you take a look at faith, faith is just simply taking God at His word, believing what God says and saying, this is true, right? The problem, and again, this goes back to the thing that we've been talking about, right? No, reckon, yield. You have to know something before you can believe it, before you can trust it, before you can reckon it to be true, to, to count it true for yourself. That's, that's the issue. But notice, as we go down through here, he says, the, the life that I now live where? In the flesh. You know what that means? Right now today, as we're living, walking, and breathing, how, how are we supposed to live? We live by the what? The faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So don't you think 
we ought to know what the faith of Christ is so that we can actually live by the faith of the Son of God? Yes. So it's probably something that we need to know and we shouldn't allow somebody to come along and say, no, that should be faith in Christ. That's your faith in Christ. All right, um, how's that working for you? And we shouldn't allow somebody to come along and say, well, that's not really what it means. And you got grace guys that do that because they're, they're afraid that, that that's touching the, the deity of Christ. And like I said, it doesn't. It doesn't mess with that at all. Go over to chapter 3. Chapter three. In the scriptures when he's hanging on the cross. That's what we're going. That's what we're. That's where we're going. We already that's, know this. I know. You know? I know. I know. No, I know. No, 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 no. And I understand what you're saying, but yeah. there's other things that I want to make sure that we see, right? Yeah. Because that's the important thing. This is crazy. Because there's folks out there that don't get this. Yeah, I know. And they think, well, what's what's Jesus Christ have to believe for? He he doesn't have to believe. He, he did. His word. He did. We're going to find out why. Uh, and these are the verses that this stuff shows up. And oddly enough, do you know the only place that we find where he talks about the faith of Jesus Christ is in Paul's epistles? You ever thought about that? Yeah. And here's the best part. You know, when Paul's talking about in Romans chapter 1, he starts talking about the faith, that body of doctrine that was delivered to him. Do you know what I think that the faith is? It's the faith about what Jesus Christ did. It's the body of doctrine about his faith. Anyway, let's continue. Where did you say uh, Galatians 3.22. And I just want to run through the rest of these real quick, and then we'll, we'll come back and look at them a little bit more in depth. Galatians 3.22. But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin... That, here's the purpose. Why is it that he concluded, why did the scripture conclude that all are under sin? That the promise, notice, by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. All right? What is it that allows the promise to be given to those that believe is the faith of Jesus Christ? Okay? Uh, Ephesians chapter 3. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter Three. Ephesians chapter 3, notice in verse 11. Let's get the context here so we'll know who we're talking about in verse 11. Ephesians three eleven. According to the eternal purpose, which he's talking about the manifold wisdom of God in verse 10, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, Notice, in whom we have boldness and access by confidence by the faith of Him. Who is the Him there? Christ. Jesus Christ. All right? So when we look at that one, that doesn't say specifically the faith of Christ, but it says the faith of Him. Well, who's the Him in the context is Jesus Christ. So again, that's another verse, Ephesians 3.12, that tells us that how is it that we have boldness with access and access with confidence is the faith of Jesus Christ. That's how we have boldness and access with confidence is because of His faith. That's an important thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Philippians chapter 3. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 3. <clears throat> Uh, 
Um, Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. Notice, And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. So again, what do we see there? How is it that we have this righteousness is because of what? It's through the faith of Christ. Notice, the righteousness which is of God by faith. So we believe in his faithfulness to have done what he did on the cross. And not just on the cross, but his entire life. But more specifically, the thing that allows us to have righteousness is what? His faith. And that's why it's important for us to know those, right? Uh, and the last one, Titus chapter 1. This is another one of those that you kind of think, okay, it doesn't really specifically say um, the faith of Christ, but he kind of does. So if you could question the deity of Christ, no, if people say because we say that, we question the deity of Christ, how can they look at Christ's temptation? Because Christ was tempted. Yeah. But as we know, to do things out of order. Yeah. He so was still he was tempted, tempted not to believe God's word, not to follow God's word. Right. He was still tempted nonetheless. Yeah. And that's that's what we'll see as we go through. Yeah. <clears throat> Titus chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, notice, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging the truth, which is after godliness. Well, who is God's elect? Well, you go back in the Old Testament and you find out who God's elect is, is Jesus Christ, right? That's a title that's given to him, that he is the elect of God. So who is it that we're dealing with? He says, according to the faith of God's elect, that's the faith of who? Jesus Christ. He is the elect. It's his faith that he says, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging the truth, which is after godliness. The thing that allowed Paul to be an apostle of Jesus Christ was the faith of Jesus Christ. And it's important because we see those, it's important to see those things uh, as we go through to be able to make sure that we know and understand this stuff. Uh, real quick, go back to Galatians chapter 2. And I want us to, I want us to see something real quick. <clears throat> And I took a picture with my phone, and I've got my phone recording, so I can't use that, but that's okay. <clears throat> we'll talk about it. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. So this is the one that we talked about a little bit ago that already that we've talked about. It says it's got his faith and our faith in, in this verse, right? There's a couple others that we could have gone to, but let's take a look at this one. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Notice, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. All right, so here's the thing. What is our faith being placed into? His faith. His faith, all right? Think of it this way. If you take his faith out, what's our, what's our faith, what's the object that our faith is based in now? If you take his faith out, that verse doesn't say that you're saved by, or you're justified 
but anything other than your faith. <clears throat> when we talk about the doctrine of once saved, always saved, right? Once sealed, always sealed, however you want to put that. The, the doctrine of eternal life. It's not probationary life, it's eternal life. We've talked about that. If, if your salvation is based on you, what's going to happen when you don't think you're saved anymore? You're not going to think you're saved anymore. But if it's based on His faith that can't waver, it doesn't change, and God says, I've justified you because of His faith, then what happens? Can you lose it? No. No. It was never yours to begin with. Do we see how important that that doctrine is? Okay? And that's one of those things that we think about. What makes our faith possible is His faith. Right? Uh, You think about it. Go over to Romans chapter 4 real quick. Um. And this is, this is one of the verses that we've talked about before. <clears throat> when, we talk about, when we talk about this, His faith makes our faith possible. Does, does our faith make His faith possible? No. Right? And that's the issue when we go along with these things. So when, as we're going down through here, there's something else that I want us to be able to see, that there's something... Um, that we want to make sure that we see. Notice, Romans chapter 4, verse 4. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. All right? So if, if you go up to God and say, hey, you owe, you owe me eternal life because I did this, 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 and this. How do you get it? By grace or by debt? By debt, right? And that's, that's what he's talking about there. He says, Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. The way that you get that would be because God owed you. Now we know that that's not a possible thing, right? So that's one of those things. When we look at that, what's that tell us? Notice in verse 5, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. When you look at that, is there any merit in your faith? No. Why? Because it's not based on... Is there merit in Christ's faith? Absolutely. Right? Our, when, we, when we take a look at our, our faith, our faith is, is non-meritorious. Right? There's no merit to it in and of itself. When we take a look at faith, faith is only as good as whatever the object that the faith is being placed into. Right? And that's the issue there. Um, go real quick. Go over to Hebrews chapter 2. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 2. And then this is... Let, let, let's get into this. Hebrews chapter 2, we'll start off in verse 9. All right? Let's say this again right off the bat. Was Jesus Christ God? Yes. Yes. 
How much so? 100%, right? Jesus Christ was 100% God and 100% man. That, that, that union there is not anything that we could ever know or understand. All right? So the idea that people want to come along and say, well, if you believe what Hebrews chapter 2, verses 9 through 13 say, then you deny the deity of Jesus Christ. Now, the issue is, is what it's going to allow us to do and know and understand is there's also an aspect to his life where he, he dealt with this flesh. Right? Hebrews tells us that he was all points, what? Tempted as we are. How? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We've talked about that quite a few times, right? So when what we're talking about here is we're not talking about denying his deity or anything like that. We're talking about his humanity here. All right? And so then all of a sudden somebody's going to go, Woo, you know, heretic. That's fine. But notice, here's what the verses say. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels. All right? For the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. All right? I wrote something down. I want to make sure that I say that when we get there. <clears throat> okay? Verse 10, For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Now question, is there anything that you need to do to make Jesus Christ perfect? No. What's he talking about there? He's saying in bringing in many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto, thy, unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. Now I want you to think about who is saying verse 12. Who's talking there? Notice, saying, I will declare thy name unto the brethren. Who is it that's talking there? It's Jesus Christ, okay? What is Jesus Christ doing? He's saying, I am going to go do what? I'm going to declare thy name. What did he do when he was here on the earth? He declared God's name. God the Father, right? So we're, we know where we are here because he's talking about the fact that he was made a little lower than the angels, right? He came down and, and took upon himself the form of a servant. We'll talk about that as we go through. But notice, Here's the, here's, here's, the, here's the crux, and this is the verse that I had on the, the title slide. Verse 13, and again, notice, I will put my trust in Him. Who's talking here? Jesus Christ. What's He saying? I'm going to put my trust in Him. Who? Who's the Him in the context? God. Right? You notice in verse, keep on going. He says, Behold, I and the children which God hath given me. He's saying, What? I will trust God the Father. Do we see that? Because that's what he's talking about there, folks. It's not denying his deity. It's not like he, he, I wanted to make sure, and I wrote this down. 
and I can't find it now. Um, and because I, I wanted to make sure that I said this. Um, but we're talking about his de- his his humanity here, right? And it's not denying his deity. He didn't set aside himself or anything like that. He didn't, he didn't set aside all that stuff. He is talking here about his humanity. And notice here, it is faith of Christ. Right? What is, what's Christ's faith say? I will what? I will put my trust in him. Right? What's he dealing with? He's talking about the fact that he trusted the Father by what? Living his word. That's what it comes down to. And that's one of the things that we want to make sure that we see. So then when we go back over to Romans chapter 3, verse 21 and 22, and he's talking about the fact that he's going to give us his righteousness by the faith of, of the Son of God, what's he going to do? Is He's giving us his righteousness, his perfection, right? He says, I'm going to give unto you the perfect righteousness. And what comes along with that is what? Eternal life. Because here's the thing, in order, for us to, in order for us to get to heaven, there's two things that we need. One, we have to be perfect. Are we? No. Second thing is you have to live forever. Can you do that? Not here. So what God's going to do is he's going to say, because of what Christ did, the fact that he trusted the Father... And the Word, and that's what we're going to find out as we go through, that's the thing that makes it possible for God to say, here's my righteousness. Just take it by faith. And then he says, by the way, also, here's eternal life. Well, you go back to John, you find out what's eternal life. Eternal life is knowing the Father. It's knowing God. And that's one of those things that we get as we go down through there. Um. <clears throat> Let's, let's get this real quick. There, there's a bunch of verses that I want to make sure that we get through, but go back to John chapter 8. We're going to spend a little bit of time next week. I can't believe it's already been 30 minutes. I, <laughs> oh, man, this time flies. But I do want to make sure that we talk about this real quick because I want us to be able to see this, okay? John chapter 8 uh, start off in verse, we'll just start off in verse 27. Right, John chapter 8, verse 27. They stood not that he, or they understood not that he spake of them of the Father, spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath what? taught me, I speak these things. And he that hath sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that what? Please him. Get two verses real quick. Matthew chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 11. Matthew chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 11. Because I want us to keep in mind what's what's the issue that's going on here. Hebrews chapter 11 and Matthew chapter 3. 
and we'll we'll end off with this, and then we'll pick back up next week, uh, going through John a little bit more. When we when we talk about the life that Christ led from the very beginning until his death, what did he live his life based on? That book, the Scripture, right? Notice. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 3, this is when Jesus Christ was baptized, verse 17. We'll just read this real quick. What did, he, what did we just say in John chapter 8, verse 29, what did He do? He always did those things which what? Please the Father. Notice. Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. There's, a couple, there's, there's another place we can go here and we can get the same thing. But Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, who's the voice? God the Father. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am what? Well pleased. pleased. Not only did He do things to please the Father, but right here we find out that He what? He is well pleased with His Son. Right? We can go back over in another part in Matthew and get the same thing. We talked about that on, on, on Wednesday nights with Matthew. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. And if you all know anything, you probably already know what this verse is. And if you don't, that's okay. You'll know what it is afterwards. Notice Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Well, actually, let's start off in verse 5. Notice in verse 5, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found, because God had translated him before his translation. He had this testimony that what? He pleased God. Now, how is it that he pleased God? Verse 6, but without faith, it is what? Impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Question, can you please God any other way other than faith? No. No. So when he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, how did he do it? By faith. Now that that's fantastic. I mean, you sit back and you think about that, and you're like, "Oh man, that how does that how does that deny the deity of Jesus Christ?" Yeah. Well, if you say that he had to believe something, that what's he believing? God's word. God's word. See how simple that is. It's not an attack on it. And like I said, I think it fortifies it because what he's saying is, guys, if you want to know how you're supposed to live your life, do exactly what I did. And what Paul Paul says, he he says what? Follow me as I follow Christ. How did Paul live his life? He lived his life based upon what God's Word said. And he says, I'm following the same, same pattern that Jesus Christ did. And I can look at his life and I can see from the very beginning until the very end, what did he do? He believed God's Word. Mm-hmm. He trusted God's Word. Now, this almost makes me want, and I was thinking of this last night, this almost makes me want to take and look at the seven sayings of the cross because in yes, that yes, alone, yes, what yes, you see yes. is his faith evidently set forth yes. and on display when he's on the cross, yes. and you cannot deny the fact that he had faith. Yeah. I think you should, please. Well, I don't want to break into this.
con- into this 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 series, but what it will be, it will be. Uh, so we might talk about that as we go through. But there's other things that I want to get to that point, right? And then we will. We'll probably talk about that because here's the thing. <clears throat> If we tell people, hey, those verses, they're not really talking about Christ's faithfulness. It's talking about His his worthiness to be trusted. Question, is Jesus Christ worthy to be trusted? Yeah. Does that right there change that? No. No. If I change that to our faith in Christ and I go through, and so again, like I said, you've got King James Bible-believing people that will say, well, it's not really the faith of Christ. It's talking about His faithfulness. He is faithful. We know that He's worthy to be trusted, but what we can do is we can say, hey, we can go back and look and find His faith on display. Mm 